Miami is investing how much in their new practice facilities? You are Locked On Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host, University of Miami alum, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including most recently post-game and also pre-game on the Miami Hurricanes radio network. And thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen each and every day. We are available free wherever you get your pods and available free on YouTube. So for the YouTubers out there, be sure to hit subscribe and hit the like button, the thumbs up on this video. Big weekend coming up. We are going to have a Saturday episode, but man, before we get to Saturday, my goodness, this news that is trickling through on the new upgraded, updated Miami Hurricanes football practice facilities, folks, I knew that they were going to be putting in work, resources, and money into this. I didn't imagine it was going to cost this much. This is going to make Miami, and we'll go through the list of the most expensive practice facilities in the country. This is going to make Miami competitive with the big boys out there. Big kudos and shout out to an excellent reporter, David Lake from InsideTheU.com, for being on the forefront of this one. Sources told David Lake and InsideTheU, Miami's new football facility would cost in the $100 million range. <laughs> and just to clarify something, because when I was tweeting about this on Thursday, a couple people came back at me saying, wait, $100 million, is, is that for the new stadium that they want to build? No. That's for practice facilities. That's for, for, for performance and recovery facilities and expanding the IPF, the indoor practice facility. If the day does come, when they decide, if they decide to build a football-specific stadium, that would probably be anywhere in the half billion to billion dollar range. This is just for practice facilities. Uh, and Lake continues, those plans will be finalized this summer. So it's almost summer. That's coming up. The details of the facility upgrades include expanding Miami's indoor practice facility to a full 100 yards. Now, I've been in the IPF. It looks really nice. I haven't been to every facility in the country. I've been to some others. Uh, the IPF looks really nice, but it's not even a full field because the space was so limited. They didn't want to take up space in other parts of the complex, so they made it an abbreviated field. It would be nice to have the full 100 yards in there, and it's also going to include constructing a new building that will house a lot of football activities. Here's some of what Mario Cristobal has had to say about these plans. Where we're headed is a different level of facility. Cristobal said, it will be as good or better as anything in the country. And that is an arms race because every five years you're saying that again. It's exciting because Miami has never had that. Miami has had a lot of success without it. But as the years have gone by, people have discovered to be a good business, you have to keep investing. And I love this quote. This is the money part of it. Our recovery center is going to be space age, he said. Facilities are important. They're a lot more important now than they were 20, 30, 40 years ago back when Miami was winning national championships, right? When Miami was winning national titles in the 80s and 90s, you didn't have world-class space-age facilities around the country. Miami had a rusty, hot weight room, undersized, 
and nobody had an issue with that. Nobody had an issue with the locker room being antiquated. That just wasn't something back when the Michael Irvins and the Warren Saps were playing ball down here at the U. That just wasn't something that people cared about a whole lot. Now it's part of that arms race of college football is having the top facilities. So I want to ask you guys, let me know on Twitter. You can follow me. You see my handle for those watching on YouTube at Alex Dono. You can follow our show. And if you follow our show, by the way, we will follow you back at Locked on Canes. Let me know on Twitter when we talk about making $100 million upgrades to the facilities. I feel like I should say that like Dr. Evil. $100 million. When you talk about making upgrades like that, does this start to make you feel like, as a Miami Hurricanes fan, that Miami is becoming a true big football program again? A big program by 21st century standards. Yeah, in the 90s, you would have considered Miami a big program. We tried to cling on to history the last few years and say, hey, five national titles. They make documentaries about our program, the U, Sebastian, the Ibis. Miami has not been for the last couple of decades. When you talk about facilities and resources, support, Miami has not been a big boy program in college football. When you talk about building the infrastructure that they're now building, I believe Miami, I can start to consider my little old Canes to be a big boy program in college football once again. So let's talk about where $100 million worth of upgrades. I want to help us put this in perspective in where that's going to rank Miami among some of the most expensive facilities around the country. I've got a top 15 list in front of me. And keep in mind, I'm sure that most of these figures are just about right on point. Some of them may not be, right? Because not all these universities have to disclose exactly how much their facilities cost. Some of these, I'm sure, are estimates. They're ballparks. Uh, and there's one that's not included on the list because I saw it's more of a recent thing. Auburn is working on a new $96 million facility. Uh, so they're doing almost $100 million in upgrades. But just to let you know where $100 million ranks, top 15 most expensive facilities in college football, Florida State Seminoles rank 15th. Their Coyle E. Moore Athletic Center is a $25 million facility. So we're talking about Miami quadrupling that, okay? Michigan Wolverines have a $26.1 million facility. The Pittsburgh Panthers are in a tie with a couple of other programs at 30 million. They're tied with Kentucky at 30 million. Uh, the Kansas Jayhawks have a $33 million football practice facility. The Arkansas Razorbacks at 40 million. Tennessee Volunteers at 45 million. UCLA at 50 mil. The Ithaca Bombers, really? At 65.5 mil. Ohio State Buckeyes also uh, there at 66. 0.5 million Iowa Hawkeyes at 69 million Oregon Ducks at 69 million now my mind's blown so you're talking about Mario Cristobal having just come from Oregon and everyone saying that hey you know what oh he, he's gonna regret it Mario the grass is not always greener you're gonna leave the Nike money and some of the best facilities 
in the country and not just college football. They've got some of the best facilities when you compare them to NFL and whatever else you want to look at. Oregon's facilities and the investments are amazing. So a lot of people thought, oh, Mario's going to hate it in Miami. There's no money and there's no space to do anything down there. And now you're talking about Cristobal leaving $69 million facility for what's going to become $100 million facility. That just goes to show you. Miami is going to start competing infrastructure-wise with the big boys. The USC Trojans have a $70 million facility. Cincinnati Bearcats, $105 million. And the Colorado Buffaloes, uh, theirs, I think they're still working on this, but $143 million. So you're looking at Miami being right there in the top three range, top three or four once the Auburn building gets done as well as some of the most expensive practice facilities in the entire country. So, yeah, this is making me feel like a big boy program again. So the off-the-field stuff is helping Miami become a big boy program again. Ultimately, you're going to have to get the results on the field as well. And something that we're going to go through, uh, we have odds for a handful of games on Miami's schedule coming up. They haven't released odds for every game. I don't think we have opening week odds yet, but who really cares? Because you're going up against Bethune-Cookman the first week, so it's like, uh, what's it going to be? Miami minus 50 in that game. So when you're going opening up against an FCS opponent, you're not really too enticed by the opening odds for that game. But we do have a handful of opening betting lines for Miami games coming up in the 2022 season. I want to go over that. Plus... And a huge shout out and thank you to everyone who listened to or watched our episode from yesterday where we talked about old Nick Saban, angry about NIL, throwing major shade at Texas A&M, Jackson State, and he threw some shade at the University of Miami as well when he talks about teams, quote unquote, buying players. Well, we have some updates on Saban, who he's reached out to and who he hasn't reached out to. We're going to have to have a chat about that when we come back. But right now, let's have a chat about Built Bar. I love brownies, but you know what I love even more? Brownie batter. Sometimes I just eat half the batter while I'm making brownies. Imagine if you could lick the brownie spatula clean and get some protein in while you're doing it. You're in luck because Built has a new creation and this one is better than ever. The brownie batter puff. Yeah, you heard me right. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level. And they're available right now on Built.com. Have you tried the Built Puffs yet? I'm not sure what you're waiting for. Puffs are a chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. That's right. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. And <coughs> guys, the texture is perfect. The marshmallow underneath that crispy chocolate covering which is 100 real chocolate it just it works it's perfect with 140 calories only 17 grams of protein and only seven grams of sugar the brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any day all built puffs are covered in 100 real chocolate that means that with built you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it they are made with collagen protein which your body absorbs more efficiently which is key and provides tons of health benefits the brownie batter puffs will have you completely forgetting that you're eating a protein bar no need to pinch yourself man this is real life go to built.com to get brownie batter puffs now go to built.com 
Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. Now, make sure to go check out Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Tulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, mock draft, player rankings, and, of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, Nick Saban. So, after old Nick Saban, made those big-time comments on Wednesday night at an event in Birmingham where he accused Texas A&M and his old colleague Jimbo Fisher of buying every player on their team with NIL money, called out Jackson State, Coach Prime Deion Sanders, for buying Travis Hunter with a million-dollar NIL, threw some shade at Miami basketball specifically about Nigel Pack getting a $400,000 NIL deal from LifeWallet to come play at Miami. Nick gave you this whole holier-than-thou shtick, despite the fact that he fully admitted last year his quarterback, Bryce Young, had a seven-figure NIL deal, a million-dollar NIL deal. So it seems to be okay when Nick is taking advantage of that. It's not okay when others take advantage of that. Uh, So sounds to me like Nick Saban doesn't like the fact that the playing field is being leveled, right? I mean, Alabama, program prestige, championships, the fact that you have Nick freaking Saban as your head coach, greatest college coach of all time, there's no question about it. And yeah, they have a large alumni base and they have enjoyed a lot of legal donations over the years before NIL became legal. So what happens with NIL when you've got programs like Texas A&M and Texas located in that state with the oil money? Programs like USC and Miami located in big cities with a lot of big business benefactors paying up for NIL, suddenly Alabama doesn't have the same sort of advantages in 2022 that they had as recently as 2020, that some of those advantages are going away. I don't think old Nick Saban likes the fact that the playing field in this aspect is being leveled. Now, um, The YouTube comment section for yesterday's episode and some of the tweets we received, a lot of discussions, a lot to keep up with. And yeah, we had a few angry Alabama Crimson Tide fans show up in the YouTube comments. Now, listen, bros, I'm not taking away the fact that Alabama uh, is become one of the best dynasties in college football history. There have been a couple dynasties in the history of that program, and Nick Saban is the best to ever do it. Y'all are getting very offensive, though, or very defensive. Y'all are getting very defensive over this because I I had a couple comments saying, wait, Nick didn't accuse anybody of cheating. He didn't accuse any. Hold on. Are you really going to say Saban didn't accuse anybody of cheating when Nick Saban said it himself? Texas A&M bought their entire team. Because again, my friends, remember the distinction here. And Nick, he clarified his comments. He didn't apologize for anything, but he did clarify his comments and admitted he probably shouldn't have called out a specific program, right? The way that he did, because he threw some he threw some live fire at Texas A&M, Jackson State, and even Miami. But 
you got to remember, guys, you can say to me, well, Nick didn't do anything wrong. He didn't accuse anybody of cheating. Well, if he didn't, why is he coming out and clarifying those comments? And yes, he did accuse teams of cheating because the verbiage is so important. The verbiage is so important, especially when you're talking with, excuse me, when you're talking with alumni and talking with fans who may not completely understand the way NIL works, the way Nick Saban does, or at least should, when you start talking about Texas A&M or Miami or Jackson State buying players, you are completely ignoring the fact that the way NIL works is these businesses or these collectives are cutting these deals for advertising and promotion completely independently of the universities. It's not Texas A&M or Miami or Jackson State or Texas or whoever else paying their players for play. It's these businesses completely separate from the institutions cutting these deals with players and the players' NIL agents, and the schools are completely removed from that process, right? So when you start to accuse Texas A&M of buying players, you are accusing them of tampering and cheating. So yeah, he did do that. Nick Saban did do that. Now, and the funny thing about this is, I mean, I don't know if this is funny. I think it's kind of funny. Saban, uh, since those those comments went viral and it's got everybody talking, and boy, oh, did he get shredded by Jimbo Fisher on Thursday? I mean, oh my God, those comments about Jimbo saying that, you know, growing up, if I had lied and cheated, I'd get slapped by the old man. Maybe somebody should have slapped him talking about Saban, talking about Saban thinking he was God. You know, the interviewer asked Jimbo, has he, has he called you? And he said, yeah, he's called. Didn't answer. We're done, he said. We're finished. That their relationship is completely spoiled. Uh, apparently, Saban also tried to reach out to Deion Sanders. He didn't call back either. Didn't pick up, didn't call back. Uh, the last I've heard, and I kind of hope this does change because I think he owes Jim Laranega a phone call. Last I've heard, Saban hasn't made that call yet because he also, you know, he didn't say anything about Kane's football. So Cristobal was not, you know, in any way, part of these comments, but Saban did talk about Miami, you know, quote unquote, buying a player, a basketball player, Nigel Pack for 400 K. He's going to call prime. He's going to call old Jimbo. I think Saban probably owes a call to coach L as well. Apparently coach L has not gotten that call. Now, nobody from the university of Miami has come out and responded to what Saban said. And I'm fine with that, you know, be above it. And again, it makes sense for university officials not to comment on it because they're not involved in it. Now, John Ruiz, the LifeWallet CEO, who's actually the one making NIL payments to players through his business, not through the university, he has responded to Saban and was very upset by Saban's remarks, tweeted about it a lot. He's done interviews about it. Ruiz responded, which I'm fine with because he was essentially the one getting called out. And by the way, John Ruiz doing everything above board. If you don't like the laws and the rules, that's one thing. But don't hate the player, hate the game. John Ruiz is doing everything by the book. We have no evidence to, uh, to, to otherwise. He's even been shouted out in a positive way by people like Paul Feinbaum. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm still recovering from this cold. The show goes on, right? We never stop. We're always here for you guys. So he has been shouted out in a positive light by people like Paul Feinbaum, who's usually not kind to Miami has even said, hey, they're doing it by the book. Now, Feinbaum did say maybe it's a sleazy book, but they're doing it by the book. So he had to throw in kind of the backhanded insult. But he still, he gave 
uh, life wallet credit. And Colin Cowherd has given life wallet credit as well, saying John Ruiz seems to actually be setting the blueprint for how NIL should work. So uh, there, there has been no phone call. Eh, Saban, I think you owe Coach L a call. All right, when we come back, we have opening lines, betting odds for three of the University of Miami's most important games in the 2022 season. How's Mario Cristobal's team going to fare? And what do these opening lines tell you about the expectations for our favorite football team? And boy, if you want to find these odds, these lines, and these futures, because you got Hurricanes plus uh, over under eight and a half this year, you can find all this at our partners, Bet Online. Bet Online, they continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs. My Heat took one on the chin on Thursday night. They'll bounce back. Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen each and every day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts, available free on YouTube. And I'll remind you guys, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure it really helps us out. Hit the thumbs up button, smash that like button, and make sure you hit subscribe. We're giving you Miami Hurricanes content each and every day. And even on Saturday, tomorrow, my friends, midday, we're going to have a chat with John Garcia Jr. We're going to talk recruiting with John Garcia. A couple of quarterbacks on Miami's radar. Where do we stand for Jaden Rashada? I want to get John's take on that and a number of other things. So let's look at the numbers heading into this coming year. And again, I, I don't even I don't know or care if there's a line for Miami versus Bethune Cookman because that's going to be a squash match. But we do have opening lines for three of our most important games this coming season at Texas A&M September 17th, home against Florida State. And November 12th at Clemson. Uh, the Florida State game, by the way, is November 5th. So we have the bet the opening lines, because obviously these are going to change week by week once the season starts. So you take the opening lines with a grain of salt. Okay. It's it's a nice thing to talk about, banter about. So we have for September 17th at Texas AM, which is going to be a huge road game at College Station. You know, the team that Buys all their players, according to Nick. Um, November 5th, home against Florida State. November 12th, on the road to Clemson. So for that Texas A&M game, I'm not surprised here. Um, I knew Miami would be an underdog in this one for sure. And they are a plus eight underdog. So Texas A&M is favored by eight points. Um, I wonder, depending on how Miami looks in their first two games against inferior opposition, if that line may close down a little bit to closer to a touchdown. But this is about what I expect. Miami, an eight-point underdog against Texas A&M. Uh, this will be Miami's first visit to College Station since 2008 under Randy Shannon. And they won that game back then. That was when Mike Sherman was coaching Texas A&M. He was there for a couple of years. Miami went down and beat them uh, 14 years ago. So it's been a minute. Um, now, Miami, they've not fared well against the SEC in recent years. Uh, they lost to Alabama, Florida, and LSU over the past three seasons by a margin of 17 points on average. So 
hoping to break out of that funk against SEC opposition. So for Miami's home game, rivalry against Florida State November 5th, Miami is a 9.5-point favorite. Woo! Now that's going to be interesting because, again, a lot is going to change between late May and early November, and Miami's going to have a lot of games in the books. So will Florida State by that point. Uh, home game in South Florida. Miami lost a very tough one to Florida State last year. So this is interesting. I, I wonder if uh, – I think that line's probably going to end up being closer, like minus 9.5 right now, maybe closer to 5 or 6 by the time they play it. That's obviously a hard thing to guess before the season even starts, but that's a big line, minus 9.5 points. And then finally – and by the way, if you're asking me, wait, what about – North Carolina, what about Virginia, Virginia Tech? Those have not been released yet. Uh, they gave you a teaser of a few of Miami's games opening lines. So the other one that we have is November 12th, on the road at Death Valley, Clemson. Clemson Tigers are favored by 7.5 points. So Miami are plus 7.5 against Clemson. That game's going to be very interesting. Clemson is favored to win the ACC favored to win the Atlantic division. Miami is favored to win the coastal. So if things play out the way that the odds makers think that they could play out, that could be the first of two meetings between Miami and Clemson. They would square off in South Carolina, the first one, and then about four weeks, not even four weeks, like three weeks later, they could potentially meet in the ACC championship game for a rematch. So there you have it. Uh, November 12th against Clemson, Miami is getting seven and a half points. November 5th against Florida State, Miami is giving nine and a half. And September 17th against the Aggies, Miami is getting eight points. Uh, let us know in the comments and on Twitter if you like those odds. Do you think some of those lines are going to move? Do you like Miami to win or at least cover in those games that they're underdogs in? Um, it's hard for me to predict which one, but I think Miami's going to steal one of those two games where they're underdogs. I think Miami is going to steal one of those two games, and they're probably going to lose a game somewhere else against somebody like Pitt or Virginia or North Carolina that they probably shouldn't lose to, and they're going to lose to somebody. So, yeah, I think Miami is going to surprise us in a game or two of those. So I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend coming up. Uh, we're not going to give you the weekend off. We are going to be talking on Saturday with John Garcia Jr., our recruiting expert from Sports Illustrated. We're going to talk all things Miami Cruton with John. Before that, I want to thank you for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On ACC. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. This has been another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.